So welcome today to our holy playground. Today I'd like to share with you a poem by Fernando Pessoa, a 20th century Portuguese poet whom I like very much and he is quite an interesting poet in the sense that he really went in to investigate and discover different versions of himself and he wrote under three mainly three di different distinct uh, voices for whom he created personalities, um, religious and political views, totally three different voices, um, who are called Alberto Cairo, Alvaro de Campos and Ricardo Reis. He wrote in three different languages, English, Portuguese and French. And he said, that he was the least real person of all, Fernando Pessoa. He says, I've divided all my humanness among the various authors whom I've served as literary executive. I subsist as a kind of medium of myself, but I'm less real than the others, less substantial, less personal, and easily influenced by them all. So, um, he's really interesting in going to investigate and discover all the different worlds within himself. And today I'd like to share with you Alberto Cairo's version of a playful Jesus that he wrote about. So may this little Jesus be an inspiration to you all. And may you have a playful journey with him. One midday in late spring, I had a dream that was like a photograph. I saw Jesus Christ come down to earth. He came down a hillside as a child again, running and tumbling through the grass, pulling up flowers to throw them back down, and laughing loud enough to be heard far away. He had run away from heaven. He was too much like us to fake, being the second person of Trinity, in heaven everything was false and in disagreement with flowers and trees and stones. In heaven he always had to be serious and now and then had to become man again and get up on the cross and be forever dying with a crown full of thorns on his head, a huge nail piercing his feet and even a rag around his waist like on black Africans in illustrated books. He wasn't even allowed a mother and father like other children. His father was two different people, an old man named Joseph, who was a carpenter, and who wasn't his father, and an idiotic dove, the only ugly dove in the world, because it wasn't of the world and wasn't a dove. And his mother gave birth to him without ever having love. She wasn't a woman, she was a suitcase in which he was sent from heaven. And they wanted him, born only of a mother, and with no father he could love and honor, to preach goodness and justice. One day, when God was sleeping and the Holy Spirit was flying about, he went to the chest of miracles and stole three. He used the first to make everyone blind to his escape. He used the second to make himself eternally human and a child. He used the third to make an eternally crucified Christ, whom he left nailed to the cross that's in heaven and serves as the model for all the others. Then he fled to the sun and descended on the first ray he could catch. 
Today, he lives in my village. He's a simple child with a pretty laugh. He wipes his nose with his right arm, splashes about in puddles, plucks flowers and loves them and forgets them. He throws stones at the donkeys, steals fruit from the orchards, and runs away crying and screaming from the dogs. And because he knows that they don't like it, and that everyone thinks it's funny, he runs after the girls who walk in groups along the roads carrying jugs on their heads, and he lifts up their skirts. He taught me all I know. He taught me to look at things. He shows me all the things there are in flowers. He shows me how curious stones are when we hold them in our hand and look at them slowly. He speaks very badly of God. He says God is a sick and stupid old man who's always swearing and spitting on the floor. The Virgin Mary spends the afternoons of eternity knitting. And the Holy Spirit scratches himself with his beak and perches on the chairs, getting them dirty. Everything in heaven is stupid, just like the Catholic Church. He says God understands nothing about the things he created. If he created them, which I doubt, he says, God claims, for instance, that all beings sing his glory. But beings don't sing anything. If they sang, they'd be singers. Beings exist, that's all which is why they're called beings. And then, tired of speaking badly about God, the little boy Jesus falls asleep in my lap, and I carry him home in my arms. He lives with me in my house, halfway up the hill. He is the eternal child, the God who was missing. He's completely natural in his humanity. He smiles and plays in his divinity. And that's how I know beyond all doubt that he's truly the little boy Jesus. And this child, who's so human, he, who's divine, is my daily life as a poet. It's because he's always with me that I'm always a poet. And that my briefest glance fills me with feeling. And the faintest sound, whatever it is, seems to be speaking to me. The new child who lives where I live gives one hand to me and the other to everything that exists. And so the three of us go along whatever road we find, leaping and singing and laughing and enjoying our shared secret of knowing that in all the world there is no mystery and that everything is worthwhile. The eternal child is always at my side. The direction of my gaze is his pointing finger. My happy listening to each and every sound is him playfully tickling my ears. We get along so well with each other in the company of everything that we never even think of each other. But the two of us live together, intimately connected, like the right hand and the left. At day's end, we play jacks on the doorstep of the house, with the solemnity befitting a god and a poet and as if each jack were an entire universe, such that it would be a great peril to let one fall to the ground. Then I tell him stories about purely human matters, and he smiles, because it's all so incredible. He laughs at kings and those who aren't kings, and feels sorry when he hears about wars, and about commerce, and about ships, that are finally just smoke hovering over the high seas. 
for he knows that all of this lacks the truth, which is in a flower when it flowers, and with the sunlight when it dapples the hills and valleys, or makes our eyes smart before whitewashed walls. Then he falls asleep, and I put him to bed. I carry him in my arms into the house and lay him down, removing his clothes slowly and as if following a very pure and maternal ritual until he is naked. He sleeps in my soul and sometimes wakes up in the night and plays with my dreams. He flips some of them over in the air, piles some on top of others and claps his hands all by himself, smiling at my slumber. When I die, my son, let me be the child, the little one. Pick me up in your arms and carry me into your house. Undress my tired and human self and tuck me into your bed. If I wake up, tell me stories so that I'll fall back asleep. And give me your dreams to play with until the dawning of that day you know will dawn. This is the story of my little boy Jesus, and is there any good reason why it shouldn't be truer than everything philosophers think and all that religions teach? Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Hallelujah. Ha. Ah.